This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. In life, you and I face what we might call defining moments. Those experience, those moments that that happen, that we know once this happens, we will never be the same. When you graduate from high school, it's a defining moment. When you stand in front of someone and you promise, I do forever, it's a defining moment. Life is never going to be the same. When you have a child, it's a defining moment. And there are these defining moments that, that you live through and I live through that are sort of broadcast to the world. Not the entire world, but your world. The people that you know, they, they know about the marriage, they know about the, the child, but there are, there are defining moments that are more private, more personal. That, that moment in that time of prayer where you've been seeking God and trusting God and asking God to do something and you, you sense his, his power and his presence and you sense his answer. Defining moments. And when we face these moments, we know that change is coming. Things are changing, and you do understand in life, change is a part of life. And I meet people all the time that say, you know what, I just, I just don't like change. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I can prove it. You change underwear every day. You change, you don't wear the same outfit every day. You occasionally change houses. You change cars. We like change. What we don't like is change that we cannot control. Our problem is not with change, it's who's causing it and what's it going to look like for me. But every opportunity we face, every defining moment, things are changing whether we like it or not. We can't stop the change. But we do get to choose the change. And when life changes and we're chasing something that God has for us and it happens, we celebrate. There are other moments that the change, the first time we meet it, doesn't look like a friend. But we have the opportunity to choose how we respond to the change. This morning, Genesis chapter 12 is a story of change. I want to invite you to stand with me as we read the Word of God, just in honor of the Word of God. And maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christ follower. Maybe you're new to church. And maybe you're here and you're not convinced. You you don't buy in to the statement that the Bible is the Word of God. And what I want you to know is you're welcome here. You don't have to believe to belong. You you can come and attend and and see what we believe. But I also need you to know, and this will not be a surprise to you, that I and C3, we, we believe the Bible is the Word of God. And we're not mad about it if you don't. But we do believe with everything in us, the Bible is the Word of God. We believe it is the living breath of God. It is living and breathing. We believe it's infallible. It's inerrant. That means it has no mixture of error. We look as a church to the Word of God as our foundational authority for everything we do in life. And so we simply stand out of honoring the Word of God. This is not just any other book. This is not five steps of how to and make life better. It is the very Word of God, and we believe it speaks to our lives even today. So Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, this was before he became Abraham, 
Go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. One of the subtle messages in these two verses so far is that God initiates every good thing in our lives. You and I, on our best day, can't touch God's worst day. Every good thing we have comes from God. And notice he says, I will make you. I will make you. I will bless you. And as a result, hey, when you're blessed, you're called to be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Father, now take these words, your words. I pray your spirit would have a freedom in this place, in our hearts, our lives, our minds. And then you would drive into the depths of our souls your message for today. What you want us to take away from. And Father, it's my prayer that this would not just be a moment that we hear from you, but that this moment would create a momentum in our lives of pursuing you more and chasing you harder and you working in and through us in a greater way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Please be seated. Defining moments. And today as a church, we stand at a defining moment. I don't know if you saw, there were one or two things on social media this week about a big day today and a big announcement, and it's a defining moment. But it's not the first time we've been here. Many years ago, I pastored a different church in Orlando, and we wanted to create a church, and God put it in my heart and some other people in the life of the church, uh, to create a church where everybody's welcome, to create a church that would go after people who don't like church, to create a church for the 86% of Floridians who don't go to church, not even Christmas or Easter, a, a church that would share the love of Jesus. And if you step back and look at it, the reality was we discovered that the church we were a part of, it were, if it were to cease to exist, the community would not miss it. Because churches, if we're not careful, and we can be guilty of the same if we're not careful, churches can get caught up in building empires instead of building the kingdom. And churches can become very inwardly focused and self-focused. And so we sold a campus, almost 70,000 square feet of buildings and 20 acres. We sold a campus. Who does that? I thought the goal was for a church to have a building. Well, that's the problem. That is not the goal. The church, the goal of the church is not to have a building. The goal of the church is to build lives of people and introduce them to Jesus and help them grow in their faith. And so we, we went in a little bit of backwards way. I had many pastor friends saying, what are you doing? We launched church in a movie theater at Regal Cinemas, and we asked the question, can this work? We wanted to be a church in the community and for the community. A church where people could come and explore what a relationship with Jesus looks like. We imagined, we dreamed about a church where people who disagree with some things with each other in life, but, but are unified in the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, could worship together. You do understand when you get to heaven, not everybody's going to agree with what your opinion was. And you do understand when you get to heaven, you're going to find out, shocker, you were wrong about some stuff. So will I. And so 
part of what happens, the drift in church life can often be we begin to fight about things and, and spend energy in sideways ways that, that don't do anything to accomplish the mission of the Great Commission, the mission of helping people know Jesus. And so we wanted a church, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, Independent, you can come. No matter how you vote, you can be a part. We wanted a church that it doesn't matter how much money you make, you can be a part. We wanted a church that's not all white, very frankly, because heaven's not going to be all white. We wanted a church that would reach the community, reach Central Florida, that, that, because we believe churches are strategically placed to be used by God where they are. We're not trying to be somebody else somewhere else. We're trying to be who God called us to be authentically in Central Florida. And the world comes to Central Florida, and we want to reach the world. And so we launched church in a movie theater. It was a defining moment. And then I remember the evening. We had a staff meeting that I called. I've never done this before or since. On a Saturday night, I don't remember what time, 9 or 10 o'clock, maybe 11 o'clock, it was late. Because we had plans at that point. We were meeting at Regal Cinemas to launch a second campus here at Timber Creek High School. And I was supposed to make a big announcement the next day and lay out all the plans. We've already, we'd already met with some of the leaders and and we found out that day that Regal was going to do some remodeling and they were going to take away some of the theaters that we'd been using to remodel and it would be impossible at our size at that point to meet at Regal. And so we had a meeting outside of what used to be Boston Coffee House in Waterford, sitting out front because everything was closed, talking about what do we do. And the consensus was we move everything to Timber Creek. And I have to be honest with you, it was a defining moment, but I was the last person on staff to agree to it. I did not want to go from a regional location into a community. I, I wanted to maintain a regional location and I was not happy. I, I gotta be honest with you, I didn't wanna come here. I didn't wanna move the church here. But the good news is, God, who's way smarter than me, did something incredible and we have reached more people here than we ever reached at Regal. We have a further reach and a broader reach. In fact, I just need to tell you, We've seen one, over 1,300 people commit their lives to Jesus, which is incredible. It's incredible. And if you're a part of C3, you can take great comfort in the fact that God has no problem overcoming the stupidity of your pastor when he needs to. He has no problem doing that because I can't see everything he sees, but it was a defining moment. And then a little over a year and a half ago, 22 months ago, 25 months ago, we had to move church online. And I'm ashamed to say it falls squarely on me. We had no online experiences before COVID. You could not find or watch a C3 service online before COVID. So in one week, we had to stand up something online where people could connect. Having no idea the thousands of people that would watch, especially in the early days, the, the clunky online experience we had, and we are still working in that process uh, trying to get to the place where online is at the quality and the level of excellence that, that Jesus deserves and you deserve, and some amazing people have helped accelerate that process for us, but it's still very new to us. The defining moment. In 2015, we began to sense God doing something new. And those of you that are a part of C3, I asked you to pray, I asked you to be ready. I asked you to give generously. I wanted to make sure and I shared with you that we were ready for an opportunity that God would bring our way in the future. 
And we began to sense that God was doing something and was going to be moving us from being a portable church to having a permanent home. And in that process, you, you don't listen. It's a principle that's true in leadership, in business, in church. It's true in life. You don't wait to get ready for an opportunity when the opportunity comes. You get ready before the opportunity even introduces itself. You get ready before you even know what's going to happen. God said to Abram, go to a place I will show you because I don't believe God is nearly as interested in the destination as he is the journey. What happens in our lives as we trust him and follow him and take that one step at a time. And so on that day in 2015, when I shared that vision with you, we looked at this very passage that we're looking at today. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 sums it up. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household, from everything you've known, to a land I will show you. And then God says, I will make, and I will bless. And God, in his making and in his blessing, sets the tone for everything because we are fully dependent on him. I cannot do a thing to change your life. Only Jesus can do that. I cannot do a thing to restore your marriage. Only Jesus can do that. I cannot do a thing as much as I might want to to help you figure out the parenting with your kids. Only Jesus can do that. But we look to the word of God for those answers and you need to understand as, a, as not just a pastor, as a human being, listen, I, I am desperately dependent on God. I need him. I am fully aware that I bring nothing to the table apart from Jesus in what God has done in the life of C3. God said, go. We didn't know where we'd be going. God said, I'll show you. Because faith happens one step at a time. Leave what you know, leave what you're comfortable with, what you've known, and go to a place I'll show you. So for years, we've been praying and we've been preparing and we've been giving and we've been waiting for that opportunity that God would bring. We said yes, and you said yes. You said yes to a journey of faith, believing God was leading us to the next step in the life of C3. And because of your faithfulness, because of your willingness, because of your generosity, and a relentless pursuit of loving God and loving others, you began a journey not knowing exactly where we were going. And because you trusted, and because you said yes to what God was asking of us, God has done the rest, and today... Today, we know where we're going. Monday evening at about 7.30, we finalized and signed a deal for the next step in the life of C3. We have now secured a campus, we have a building, and we have a home that we're going to be going to. But what's more amazing than the knowing where we're going is how it happened. In July, I began to really sense, I, I, I really began to feel God, God saying, hey, you, you need to talk to this particular church. It's a church that has campuses around Central Florida. They have a campus on the east side. And I really began to sense God saying, you need to talk to the leadership of this church. You need to set up a meeting with the leadership of this church. And so for three or four weeks, I, I kind of pushed back. I was like, well, God, wh what am I going to say? Will you leave your building and give it to us? I mean, like, how does that conversation happen? 
until finally Angie and I were in Texas visiting family and we, we, we pulled up, we were at a Walmart. And what happens when she goes in Walmart, I do not. I stay in the car. And so I picked up my phone and I called Matt with Foundry. That's the firm that since 2015 we've engaged, has been looking for space for us. And you need to know, listen, if you're new to C3, we've been given land twice to build on and didn't feel like God was in it. We've looked at other opportunities. It's not that, that what we're doing now is the only thing that's ever come in front of us. But I called Matt and I said, hey man, I, I'd like to have a meeting with the leadership of this church. Could, could you just get me a conversation? Get, I, I know it sounds crazy, but could you just, just set up something? We're looking for space and I, I really feel like, you know, as you've been looking, I really feel like God is leading me. I don't know what it means, but I need to have a conversation with the leadership of this church. He said, let me see what I can do. He reached out and about a week later, he sent me an email and their response was, this is awesome, we're leaving the building. Like, I, I don't know if you understand, while God was doing something in me and I had no idea what they were planning, they were planning something not even knowing what God was doing in me or, or what would happen with the building. Like, that is a God moment. And isn't it funny sometimes, I, I don't know about you, but so often in my life, when God does what God does, I'm surprised, and it shows such a lack of faith on my part sometimes. Then I went and met with the church. Oh, by, by the way, it is um, Summit Church's East Campus, right by the Harley-Davidson dealership on Lake Underhill, so you can buy a motorcycle and go to church on the same day. It's awesome. But this, this is what it looks like. I want you to see what it looks like. That's the front of the campus. It is incredible. They have merged their east campus with their main campus near Baldwin Park, and so it is Summit Orlando. And I met with a guy who's been a friend. I haven't talked to him in years. Our sons played Pop Warner many years ago, but Pastor Jeff, the executive pastor over at Summit, I had coffee with him as we were walking through this process, and here's what he said to me. He said, listen, we, we know of C3's reputation and the difference you guys are making in the community and how you reach people. And there's some people that he and I know that God has used C3 to reach and to help. And he said, you know, we were thinking through that and here's what we want to do. All of the, um, the sound, the lights, the chairs, all the furnishings, we want to give it to you. We want to give it to you. So church, here, here's the reality. God did not just provide a building. He furnished it at the same time. It's already built out. Everything's there, auditorium, theater for kids. If we, had to, if we found a location, if God had opened the door to a location and said, here it is, and we had to go in and build it out and furnish it with what they have in it, it would be between $1.6 and $1.8 million. And God just said, here. This is for you. Is that not incredible? But I want to say this too. The heart, the kindness, the generosity, the kingdom-mindedness of Summit Church is profound. It is profound. 
I want to encourage you to pray for them. What they've done, they've merged the East Campus with their main campus. Man, pray for them. They are a church in this city that is a shining light. They've been making a difference in thousands and thousands of lives for many years. And listen, I'm one of their biggest fans. And we should be as well, because that kind of heart, that kind, and listen, the sound system, it's not like, hey, we ran to Walmart. It, it is the top of the top of the top. What they do, they do with excellence. The lighting, it, it, it's incredible. It's incredible what God has done and is doing in this process. And here's the other thing, church. There were multiple offers for this location, and ours, listen to me, was not the highest. But we got it. And that's God. That's who God is. From this location, in a 15-minute drive, there are about 140,000 people. From that location, in a 15-minute drive, there are over 540,000 people. Do you understand what God is doing in the life of C3 right now? Don't ever forget this moment, and here's why. It's been... Almost 14 years of being portable. 14 years of seeking God. 14 years of you setting up and tearing down. 14 years of you praying for. 14 years of you giving over and above. 14 years of you doing everything you can to invite. 14 years of you serving and greeting people and checking people in. 14 years of you being faithful and trusting God. Listen, don't ever doubt the faithfulness of a holy God who in his timing says, I see you, I know, and I have a timetable. The story, the story of God's faithfulness is not just the new address. More than that, it's the journey that has brought us here. We are planning our first services in this new location to be November the 7th, which is one month away. We don't have to take 10 months to build something out. We don't have to take two years to build a campus. God said, here, it's furnished, it's ready. There are some things we're doing, some cosmetic things. And, and here's the other thing God blesses. I believe God blesses preparation. And think about this in your own life. Because since 2015, every single year, those of you that have been a part of C3, I've asked you to give over and above and put it in a special fund so we'd be ready when an opportunity came. And you've done that year after year in that fund. We have not touched a penny of the money in that fund. It has all been ready for the next step. Our accounting firm in Oklahoma oversees all that and we haven't touched a penny. And so now we're able to use that to make some cosmetic changes. We're able to use that to do some things to freshen up the space and be ready for us to go into it. And without acquiring any debt whatsoever, we get a facility like that because of how faithful you've been. We have entered a seven-year lease with a five-year option after that. The owner is open to talking about us purchasing that if that's what God has for us. I don't know the answer to that yet. I just know this is what God's doing right now. The auditorium seats 450 people. We will be doing multiple services, obviously. We have a strategy that will take us up to seven services as we grow. And so God is going to do some incredible things. We're going to be able to make a major impact in the community. So what this means is God is giving us a greater opportunity. He's giving us greater influence, and he's going to use that to help us reach more people than we've ever reached. 
It's going to be something, and you need to know. I, I got to tell you, I, I got to tell you, just in case you're wondering, that, that cost way more than this, just so you know. And so God is, it is a step of faith. It is something that we're trusting God in, but he's opened so many doors through this process. There were offers coming in even after we signed the contract. And it's just something that God has done for the life of C3. But what does it mean for you? Because I, my purpose, my heart, is not to build an institution. It's to be a part of a movement, and that happens when you build lives. So what does it mean for you? Well, it's been, it's been years, years. You kept trusting, you kept believing, you kept giving, and you kept hoping. What if we'd given up? What if we'd stopped praying? What if we'd stopped trying? What if we'd stopped giving? We would have missed what God is doing and what God will do. So what does it mean for you? If you've been praying because there's a personal need in your life, don't stop. If you've been hoping and it's been years and it's unfulfilled, don't stop. If you've been trying but it all seems futile and you wonder, is it making any difference? Don't stop. When it seems impossible, don't stop. When you're tired, don't stop. When you think it's not going to happen, don't stop. God is faithful. And God, if he's done something like this for C3 after 14 years, he will work in your life. Because God is not about buildings. God is about people. That building, as beautiful as it is, it is not the church. You are the church. You are the people of God. And you are what God is working in and who God's working in. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold tightly, without wavering, to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. And the same God that is doing all of this for C3, if you're a follower of Jesus, he's your God. You are no less valuable. You are no less precious. You are, you, you are just as important to a God who invites us to call him fathers, anybody else who walks this planet. God is faithful. And he knows what he's doing. And I believe not only does he want to do things in the life of C3, I believe he wants to do things in your life because you are C3. Our God moves on our behalf and we trust him. But part of trusting, part of trusting has always been waiting. Why is waiting Part of the spiritual journey. We would prefer an instant gratification kind of God. Why is waiting? What does waiting have to do? If you're in a season of waiting in your life, why is that part of, of life and part of the spiritual journey? Well, one thing could be God is getting the circumstances ready. 
Maybe what God has for you is not ready for you yet. It could have nothing to do with you. It could be God getting the circumstances ready for what He has for you. Waiting could also be God purifying our motives. Do I want this for me? Or do I want this for God and for others? And in the waiting, we confront in the mirror the reality of what's motivating the pursuit of our lives. Waiting could be God teaching us to rely on Him. If every prayer you ever prayed, if every prayer I ever prayed was immediately, instantly answered yes, we'd never learn to trust God. We would rely on a vending machine kind of God where we push a button and He automatically does what we want Him to do. But, but it is in the waiting that the faithfulness of God is revealed. It is in the waiting as we pursue what He has and we continue to trust and hope and believe. In your life as you do that, it is through that process you will learn and experience and grow in understanding the faithfulness of God. Waiting can also be God protecting us from unseen danger. I am so glad, so grateful that the other opportunities that have come along and been put in front of us over the last few years, I'm so glad we did not jump at any of them. I'm so glad we didn't do something else because we would have missed something. I mean, the, the story that I just told you, we would have missed all of that. Often waiting is God protecting us. Because sometimes the worst thing you can get is what you want. Remember who you wanted to marry back in high school? Then you saw him at the reunion. Like some of you, not me, I married my high school sweetheart and it's awesome. But, but if you didn't, there was that other person. Listen, sometimes we don't see it and we want something so bad. And listen, your want can get so big that your faith shrinks. And your want can get so big that your want becomes your God. What we want is the power, the presence, the hand, the movement of God. Because that is what's going to help your life. That is what's going to grow your relationships and your marriage. That's what's going to give you consistency in your parenting. That's what's going to bring your family together. That's what's going to give you the life that God says he came to help us live here on earth. So sometimes waiting is God just protecting us. And then sometimes waiting is God preparing us to impact others, God getting us ready. So what do we do now? You keep giving. You keep serving. If you're not serving, you need to start serving. Listen, thousands of people are going to come to that place. The, the opportunity is unreal. And some of you, this is God calling you to step up and begin to make a difference. But what we're going to do is we're going to continue to trust God because our hope does not rise and fall on buildings. Our hope rises and falls on a holy God who's always been faithful. Our hope is not some delusional fantasy where we wish things might work out. Our hope is anchored in the truth and the reality of who God is and how much he loves us and how much he's called us and how much he wants to use us because of how much he loves every single person you and I lock eyes with. That's what our hope is anchored in. And so C3 is going to continue to be C3. Now I want to encourage you to be back next Sunday. Next Sunday, I'm going to give you a sneak peek, and you're going to see inside the buildings and over the building, and we're going to talk about some more details you do not want to miss next Sunday. You want to be here next Sunday. But, but in these last few weeks that we're here, let's not forget to celebrate what God has done in a school.
many of you I would not have the pleasure of knowing if it were not for this school. Many of you, the way you've grown in your faith and what God's done in your life would not have happened if it were not for this school. Many of you, many of you, two people last Sunday met Jesus in this room in a school. And so we're excited about the future, but let's, let's not forget to celebrate what God has done and what God is doing. And maybe for you today, you find it, have found it maybe difficult to trust God. Because of some things you've walked through in life, maybe you're in that place where God is somewhere you feel like out there and there's no personal connection. If you've never, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to invite you to do that today. You are surrounded by people who've done that. And I, I can't think of a better day or a better time than right now, and I, I can't think for any reason whatsoever to avoid doing this today. If you've never committed your life to Jesus and begun a personal, intimate relationship with him, I wanna encourage you to do that today, to have your sins forgiven and have the presence of the Holy Spirit of God living in your life to guide you, to lead you, to comfort you, to convict you, to encourage you, to challenge you, and yes, to bring some things to you that he's promised sometimes after almost 14 years. And I, if you don't know God personally, I want you, I want you to know my Jesus, how much he loves you. Would you bow your heads and close, close your eyes across this room? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you've never committed your life to Christ, just pray this simple prayer. You can pray it out loud or you can pray it in the quietness this moment, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 that Jesus knows even our thoughts. You say, dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive my sin. As best I know how, I commit my life to you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, would you look at me a second? If you just prayed that prayer, I'd love to know that. I want to invite you to grab your cell phone and just shoot me a text. Just your first name. That's all you need to send. Just your first name to 407-487-8311. Just shoot your first name. Here's why. I would love to be able to pray for you by name today. I'll get the list of names this afternoon. I'd love to be able to pray for you by name throughout this week because in the life of C3, you really do matter. Your future is our focus. You matter to God and you matter to us. So I would love to pray for you by name. I'd love to be able to send you a free gift that I think you'll find to be very helpful in your spiritual journey. So shoot me the text. We'll reach out to you and get your contact info. I'd love to be able to send you that gift.